Section 2 of Malaria and Greek History by William Henry Samuel Jones, Edward Theodore Withington. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings from the public domain. For more information or volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Leon Harvey. Chapter 1. Malaria in Modern Greece The present malarious condition of Greece is a fair indication of the state of the country in classical times. The surface of the land has changed to a certain extent, and without doubt the amount of malaria has fluctuated greatly. But nevertheless, a comparison of the two epochs brings out, amid some differences, a remarkable similarity. If due care be taken, the gaps in our knowledge of the classical period may be supplied by well-ascertained facts about modern Greece. At no time has the inquirer had better or more abundant material at his disposal. The earlier attempts to ascertain the prevalence of malaria in the country, however careful and conscientious, were very imperfect, owing to the amount of research and the number of collaborators required. But the work of Hirsch and Stephanos is now superseded by the laborious compilations of the Greek Anti-Malaria League. This society, founded on the model of similar institutions in Italy and elsewhere, came into being at the beginning of the year 1905, just before a severe epidemic of malaria broke out. The work of the League is roughly as follows. In the first place, it is necessary accurately to estimate the prevalence of the disease throughout the country. Before the League began to collect evidence, the only available records were the statistics of various hospitals and the mortality tables of the twelve largest Greek towns. As country districts are, generally speaking, far more malarious than cities, much careful inquiry is necessary before the extent of the work to be done by the League is exactly known. Reports have been sent to Athens by many country physicians, but this part of the work of the League is not yet complete. The education of both the laity and the medical profession in the new discoveries, which have made it possible to stamp out malaria, is another necessary yet very difficult task. The physicians, being well trained and highly intelligent men, are ready enough to keep abreast of the times, but among the people who, of course, must work out their own salvation, ignorance, stupidity, and difference are rife. Accordingly, lectures are being given, circulars distributed to suitable persons, and nurses put up in public places. Every means that experience suggests is being employed to the utmost. To fight malaria successfully and speedily requires a combination of two methods of procedure. A. The draining of the marshes or the extermination of the anophelines. B. The killing by quinine of the parasites in the blood of infected persons. In theory, either method, thoroughly applied, would exterminate the disease, but in practice it is found necessary to employ both. To dry up the marshes around the large Greek lakes involves engineering difficulties which may be overcome in time. By the removal of the small puddles and ditches caused by imperfect irrigation or the drying up in summer of mountain torrents is a much easier task. Even when this procedure is not feasible, to cover the surface of stagnant water with oil or other suitable substance is sufficient greatly to diminish the number of mosquitoes. The distribution of quinine is a serious difficulty. The poor often cannot afford to buy it, and even when they can, its purity is very uncertain, as unscrupulous tradesmen are in the habit of selling a mixture that contains but little quinine. A government monopoly seems to be the only way out of a most unsatisfactory position. The highly malarious condition of Greece may be seen from a few statistics. 
The following are the deaths from malaria in the 12 largest towns for the year 1905, 1906 and 1907. A table is displayed on the page, listing cities compared to the years and deaths recorded. The average mortality in malarial sickness is, for Greece, 1 in 176. Taking the census of 1896, we obtain the following percentages of sickness from malarial disease. A table is displayed on the page comparing the years 1905, 1906 and 1907 to a list of cities and the number of cases and present. It is obvious that these figures can only be approximately correct, especially as the census for which the population is taken is now more than 11 years old. Nevertheless, the evidence is enough to prove that in the Greek towns, the number of malaria cases varies considerably from year to year, and that percentage may be anything from zero to a very high figure, according to the healthiness or unhealthiness of the locality. Many other statistical estimates show how severe is the scourge under which Greek is suffering. As Ross says, the Greek army is as badly infected as was our Indian army some time ago. The table is displayed on the page, compared to the year, to the average strength of the army, the case of malarial sickness, and the percentage. Calculations made from the admissions to Athenian hospitals show that the various kinds of malaria occur at Athens in the following proportions. 1. Intermittent fevers, Dola Punta Spiratoi, 91.52%. 2. Remitted fevers, Ephesimoi Peritoi, 3.44%. 3. Pernicious fevers, Cacoithis Peritoi, 30%. 4. Blackwater fever, Amosphae Rhinorecori Peritoi, 0.06%. 5. Malarial Cachexia, 4.66%. For Greece generally, the proportions are 1. 91.67%, 2. 6%, 3, 27%, 4, 0.09%, 5, 1.95%. Out of 125 cases of pernicious malaria in the Greek army, no less than 113 were of the comatose form, while in 2,610 cases of intermittent fever, 2,020 were quotidian, 518 tertian, and 72 quartan. For Greece generally, out of 28,157 cases, 20,789 were quotidian, 6,840 tertian, and 528 quartan. This gives 73.83%, 24.30%, and 1.87% respectively. As to the age of the patients, Dr. Katamatis gives the following summary. Table displayed on the page, listing between the ages, the occurrence, and percentage of the cases. The periods of the year when malaria is most common may be seen from the army statistics for the years 1882 to 1886. Out of 14,027 cases of malaria, a table displayed on the page, read the number of cases of malaria to the occurrence by month. These figures may be compared with those from the Athenian hospitals, which give a table displayed on the page, comparing the percentages of the cases to each month. The cases that occur in winter are chiefly relapses. Chill, fatigue, or other strain brings out the malaria, which has been latent since the warmer months. Professor Savas gives a very complete summary of the statistics sent to the League by doctors practicing in the various districts of Greece. 
A table displayed on the page, listing the proportion of the inhabitants suffering from malaria to district. Attica, 10% in some places, 100% in others, Marathon. Aegina, the disease is rare. Megaris, in Eleusis, 5%. In Erythrae, 60-72% to 72% of the school children had enlarged spleens. Thebes, little is yet known. Levadia, there are great variations and fluctuations, e.g., in the Dios, Levadia, the proportion was 75% in 1905 and 20% in 1906. In Cherolina, 100% in 1905 and 10 to 15% in 1906. Physiotis, 75% in 1905, 12% in 1906. Parnassus, in most places about 10%. Locris, in Atalanta, 50%. Elsewhere, 10 to 30%. Doris, 15 to 50%. Acronania in Mesolungi, 15 to 20%. Macrinia, 60 to 70%. Lotus, 60%. Olenia, 70%. Triconia, 5 to 30%. Uritania, very slight. Norpactia, in Norpactus, 30 to 50%, elsewhere 10 to 30%. Furetia and Zeromeros, in some places as high as 100%. Noplia, 1 to 50%. Argos, few cases in the capital, elsewhere 10 to 50%. Corinthia, 5 to 70%. Spitsay and Hermionis, little malaria except in Hermion. Hydra, 3 to 4%. Trezenia, 2 to 35%. Cythera, little in Cythera itself, in one district, 40 to 60%. Mantinia, from 4% to 80%. In Okomanos and Mantinia. Sinoria, 10 to 50%. Gortinia, 25%. Megalopolis, 20 to 40%. Patras, 10 to 60%. Agelia, 50 to 90%. Calavatulia, little over 50%. Elia, little malaria in the hill districts, in other places, 10 to 50%. Lestemian, in the plain of Hedos, all are attacked. In the highlands, 3 to 5% only. Elsewhere, about 20%. Epidoros, Lemuria, 14 to 24%. In some parts, nearly 100%. Gothian, 2 to 10%. Otoilos, 5 to 15%. Messene, 15 to 30%. Palia, 40%. Trifilia, 3 to 40%. Olympia, 10 to 70%. Chalcus, 5 to 80%. Xerocorion, 20-25%. Keristia, 15-60%. Scopolos, 8-10%. Cyrus, 2-50%. Zia, Kia, 1-3%. In 1905, 40%. Andros, 1-3%. Tenos, little except in Panormolos. Naxos, 10-45%. Thera, there is little malaria. Corfu, 10-60%. Lucas, 15 to 70%. Cephalinia, but little malaria, likewise in Ithaca. Psychanthos, 1 to 10%. Arta, Arta, 30%. Comeno and Bani, 80 to 100%. Larissa, 15 to 80%. Ternavos, 40 to 100%. Aegea, 20 to 50%. Follow. The amount of malaria varies greatly. 2 to 3%, 10%, 20%, 25%, 30%, 80%, 
in different places. Hameros, 8-25%. Farsala, 10-40%. Domakos, 66% in Militea. Trikala, 15-37%. Kalabaka, 2-25%. Kroditsa, 5-75%. The amount of malaria in modern Greece fluctuates considerably from year to year. Thus, the proportion of malaria patients in the total number of sick people treated in the Astycliniki Athenian was 56.36% in 1865, but only 19.93% in 1867. Since 1890, the proportion has varied from 25.49% to 8.88%, and there has been a considerable diminution in the last 10 years in spite of the epidemic of 1905. For the year 1905, the Anti-Malaria League received from physicians throughout the country reports dealing with a population of 448,068. Of these, 2,016 and 909 fell sick. In the islands of the Gulf of Aegina, the proportion was 21%. In the Aegean Islands, 41%. In Euboea, 28%. In the Ionian Islands, 26.59%. In Thessaly, 74%. In the rest of Greece, about 50%. It is calculated that, out of a total population of 2,433,806, no fewer than 960,048 were attacked by malaria, and 5,916 died. The reports of the physicians contain, besides bare statistics, information which will be important when we come to consider the effects of malaria in ancient Greece. 1. The writers are unanimous that, although no age is spared, children are the great sufferers for malarial disease. There is therefore a tendency for the infection to fall upon different persons in different years. In other words, a large proportion of the population becomes infected in time. 2. Nearly all the writers point out that their customers sleeping in the open, either to avoid the stuffy heat of the house, or because the necessities of agriculture demanded, is the cause of much illness. 3. Malaria has in many places become less common and less severe during recent years. This is due partially to drainage, partially to improved treatment and the use of quinine. 4. Many sick never come under the physician's notice at all, so that the amount of malaria in the country is probably much greater than the amount reported. 5. The evil consequences are seen in the following ways. a. The most malarious districts are also the most fertile. B. The loss of time and money is very great. C. The effect upon the rising generation is most disastrous. D. The victims of malaria ketchia are weakened in body and mind. E. The inhabitants of malarious districts age and die prematurely. The reader of these reports is struck, not only by the number of districts where more than 75% of the population fall victims to malaria every year, but also by the extent of the land capable of fostering the disease in years of epidemic paludism. Even in a dry region such as Attica, the number of possible foci is very great, and when the whole of Greece has been surveyed for the purpose of estimating the amount of marshland, the malaria map of the country will show a dangerous state of affairs. Apart from the permanent marshes, there are many other collections of water that afford good breeding places to the mosquitoes. As is well known, the Enophilines prefer small puddles on the ground. The innumerable valleys of Greece are easily flooded, while the mountain torrents 
by overflowing their banks or by partially drying up, give rise to series of small pools. Accordingly, a wet winter, followed by a dry summer, is most apt to cause an epidemic. The present malarious state of Greece must be a matter of surprise to many. In England, at least, although it was recognised that Greece suffered some loss from malaria, few readers of the articles written by Major Ross fail to be struck by the obscurity in which the condition of the country has been kept hitherto. The inhabitants, accustomed to the disease, and perhaps influenced by the fatalism which so often accompanies it, have not proclaimed from the housetops their unhappy condition. If, therefore, if the old Greek literature does not insist much upon the prevalence of malaria, it must not be inferred that the country was healthy. Owing to the absence of statistics, it is not possible accurately to measure the extent to which ancient Greece was infected. But although changes favouring the disease have occurred since the classical period, these are counterbalanced by the improved treatment of modern times, and especially by the use of quinine. The ordinary literature may not contain as much evidence as might have been expected, yet the great attention paid to malaria by the medical writers shows how large a part is played in the lives of the inhabitants. End of section 2